0: Welcome to the Healthy Leadership Mentor, a podcast hosted by Andrew Gray. Andrew has over 25 years experience as a business owner, not-for-profit leader, keynote speaker, mentor, and consultant. On the show, Andrew talks everything related to leadership, high-performance psychology, and inner life health for leaders in the world of business, sport, not-for-profit, politics, and media. With a tertiary background in sports psychology and a multi-decade career developing healthy, high-performance leaders, Andrew is ready to empower your path towards a healthy and fruitful life. Let's go to today's episode.
1: Welcome to the very first episode of the very first season of APG Talks. We're finally here. I'm so excited to share with you our very first episode today. Our subject matter is leadership in a failing organization. You could also call it why organizations fail. You could call it whatever you like. My title for this session is leadership in a failing organization. Let's talk about the title for a moment. What are we talking about here? We're talking about what is the role that leadership has in an organization that's in decline? How much of a factor is it? How much influence does leadership have on the decline? Where organization goes? and how it can be rescued. That's what we're talking about here in this subject. So in this season, we're going to have four episodes. I'm going to share with you 12 headline reasons and ways that leadership contributes to an organization that's in decline and potentially headed for failure. It's important for everybody to pay attention to this subject, whether you own a business, whether you lead an organization, whether or not you're in any kind of leadership position at all really is Not the point. The fact of the matter is you're either leading one or you're in one, and it's going to affect you at some point in some way because everybody is affected by the choices that leaders in organizations make. And so whether you're an employee, whether you're a team member, whether you're running the show, what we're going to share in this season and in this first episode right now is of supreme value to everybody. It affects everyone. Now, the timing of failure of organizations is also interesting. Organizations generally have various starts and they have different growth rates and different lengths and lifespans of how long they last. But there are very different timings of when organizations can begin to hit that point of decline. And the role of leadership is a key indicator in when and how that can take place. And that's what we're looking at in this particular season of the APG Talks podcast. I also want to touch on this important factor of the too late autopsy. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. And the rear view mirror gives us so much wisdom and clarity about what did happen and what we should have changed. But the too late autopsy really just brings regret about the fact that change wasn't brought on and change wasn't instigated. And then everybody is left wondering, why did we miss our mark? Why didn't we bring the changes we needed when we first started getting a sign that this organization may actually be in decline and failing. And so as I mentioned, whether you're a leader, an employee, a team member, whatever role you play in the relationship to leadership, it's really important for you to observe what's going on in the context where you exist. You need to start watching closely, pay attention, grab some lessons, get some learnings, and then as a result, be able to consider your own future. You don't want to be part of a sinking ship. You want to be part of the solution if you can. But sometimes the truth is, There are organizations that unfortunately, without significant change, uh, they're destined to fail, and that's what we're going to take a look at. And so let's start with three reasons and three ways that leadership can impact the failure of an organization. And remember, we're talking here about businesses, we're talking schools, we're talking not-for-profit organizations, sporting organizations, levels of government, you name it, every context where leadership and teams are involved, these lessons apply for all of us. So let's dive right into these first three reasons in this very first episode, in our very first season, of the ways that leadership can cause failure in an organization. Okay, number one, the first way is very simple, but very profound. It's leadership incompetence. In other words, the leader who's responsible for being the captain of the team at that point in time just doesn't have what it takes to do the task. It's very sad when you watch this happening organization because so many times other people in the team other people that are watching on they can see that there's a problem with the appointment of the leader they're not the right kind of personality they're not the right kind of person for the job and leadership incompetence is a major contributor to why organizations will inevitably fail i've identified a few key areas of incompetence that we need to be aware of the first one is team selection Bad leaders are bad team selectors. Unfortunately, those two go together. Sometimes people allow their other relationships, bent motives, uh, blurred perspective, all kinds of things, history, you name it, to cloud their perspective and their view when choosing a new staff member, a new team member, placing people in a role within the team. Team selection is a crucial, crucial role. And when it's done wrong, When the leader gets it wrong, everybody pays a price for a long, long period of time. There is a cost to picking the wrong person. There's a financial cost. There's a productivity cost. There is a morale cost in the team. There's efficiency cost. There are ripple effects of work that doesn't get done and slack that's got to be picked up by other team members. And then if and only if you can finally Uh, elect a way to remove that team member or reposition them, then the process of appointment has to start all over again from scratch, costing more time, more money, more retraining. Team selection is crucial, and bad leaders just can't get it right. Number two, when it comes to leadership incompetence, we're talking about a fail to plan well. Bad leaders are bad planners. They can't see long range. They can't see medium range. Sometimes they are so myopic They can only see things that are at point-blank range. This is really difficult for team members to follow. A leader that is not a planner, doesn't know how to really get the most out of a calendar for everybody, including themselves, a bad planner is a bad leader, and the team will definitely feel the impact of a rudderless experience when the leader is not planning well. Another reason why leadership incompetence It's a big problem. Another facet of that is in the arena of communication. A leader who cannot communicate and articulate their thoughts well is going to leave the team confused. I've taught people this for many, many years, and I describe it this way, that the clarity of language dictates the clarity of the pictures that people in the team will see. If the words are blurry the picture will be blurry, and the team will be incapable, unable to fulfill whatever vision is being cast. I'm going to say that again because it's so, so important. If the words don't have clarity, the pictures that they trigger will also be blurry, and the team cannot follow, they cannot outwork the vision, and everything and everybody suffers. Good leaders are good communicators. They understand that words trigger pictures and it's in pictures and in story that the team knows how to adopt vision and get to work achieving something great together. But bad leaders are bad communicators. Let's go for one more on this first way that leaders contribute to a failing organization and that is in the area of equipping. I'm going to make a huge presumption here so that we can get to this point but really it's its own episode, perhaps even its own episode in its uh, season in its own right And that is the fact that there are leaders who have an ignorance or a refusal or an incapacity when it comes to equipping. When I use that word equipping, it's making the assumption that the leader knows that their major role in the team is to equip the team, to find out what skills and strengths and abilities the team members have, help them to understand it for themselves, put them in a context where they can use their strengths and then put wind in their sail and set them underway. And then the great leaders stand back and applaud when the team achieves great results that actually got set up for them. However, leadership incompetence really shows itself in the area of equipping or lack of equipping. Some leaders are totally ignorant to the reality that one of their tasks is to equip the team. And the team cannot do all of its own equipping on its own. It needs a leader that knows how to equip and empower some leaders do know that that is their task, but actually they're carrying a refusal to equip now this is more dangerous, and you have to scratch under the surface as to why are they refusing often it's their own insecurity often it's they don't want the team to become powerful. they want them to stay capped and under the limits where the leader has put them. we're going to touch on that in another reason why organizations fail. The third reason can be incapacity in other words. They might be aware of the need to equip, they might be willing, but they're just not able. This generally is a retraining issue and that kind of leader needs someone with great skill, great experience to teach them how. Let's look at the second way that leadership can cause or contribute to failure in an organisation. I've called this one season mismatch. In other words, the leader is in the organization in the wrong chapter of the organization's timeline. Organizations, as I said at the top of this episode, have timelines and lifespans. Some organizations will last for two years and they disappear. And we see that happen a lot with small businesses, unfortunately. Some organizations will last for 10 years, 20. The really great ones can last for 50, maybe even longer, perhaps a century. However, what we have to understand is that different phases of an organization's growth require different kind of leaders to be at the head. And the fact of the matter is most leaders are wired in such a way that their strengths and their abilities are best fitted to a certain season and style of leadership. Let me throw these three words at you that you've no doubt heard before. Those words are catalyst, in other words someone with the ability to kick things off, a kickstarter. The second word is builder, someone who is able to build on what is kickstarted before them. And the third one is manager. Now, there's a very rare percentage of leaders that have some capacity in all three phases. A lot of leaders are good in two. Some leaders are really good in just one. But here's my point. If you put a catalyst leader in an organisation that's already 60, 70 years old, well-structured, well-planned, well-aligned, the culture is good, the vision's happening, that catalyst-style leader has the potential to bring everything unstuck because they cannot help but want to kick-start things. In fact, they get restless and itchy if they don't have the chance to innovate and start over. The reverse is true. If you've got a young organisation that really needs that innovation and that energy and that motivation of a catalyst-type leader, but you position a manager-style leader, that manager, without wanting to do so, is going to grind that thing into the ground with a slow death. They don't mean to. They possibly don't even know they're doing it. But if there's a mismatch of season with the leader, the organisation is going to suffer. The third reason, and our last for this first episode in our first season Under this subject matter of leadership in a failing organization, the third reason or way that we see that contribution is when the leader is controlling and disempowering. Now, this is a huge subject, again, in its own right, but let's touch on it for a moment or two that we have together right now. Controlling. Let's deal with that word first. Predominantly, when we use the word controlling in the context of leadership, we're talking about the style of personality. Forget the skills, forget the functions, forget the abilities and the experience of the person with the leadership role. Let's talk about the personality for a moment or two, which is a huge bearing on the flavor and the style of the organization they lead. When the leader in charge has a controlling personality. Now, I'm not talking about controlling that they've got things in order, they're well-organized, they've got good habits, they run a tight diary. No, that's just called being well-ordered. When I use the word controlling, I'm talking about a person who makes their way in life, trading in the currency of controlling others. And in its worst expression, what we're talking about actually is someone who enjoys controlling the decisions and the willpower of another person. When this happens, it makes the leader feel more powerful, it makes the team member feel less powerful, and unproductivity and inefficiency creep right throughout the organization. A controlling leader will micromanage. A controlling leader will be distrusting of everybody. A controlling leader refuses to release power and authority and decision-making to anybody else in the team, regardless of how skillful, how experienced, or how well positioned they might be for their role in the team. A controller is probably the worst personality type to have at the head of an organization in the definition that we're talking about right now in this context, a controller of other personalities. They restrict things, they restrain things, and essentially the organization gets choked to death it gets suffocated. People lose their joy. People lose their confidence. People lose their abilities that they built up over so long because of the suffocating nature of a controlling personality in the leadership role. The second word I used there is the word disempowering. Now, I'm going to use a contrast of these two words to bring a little more light and a little more color on what we're talking about here with controlling and disempowering leaders. Obviously, the contrast or the opposite of controlling and disempowering is releasing and empowering. Let's talk about disempowering and empowering leaders for a moment or two. A disempowering leader, as I've sort of touched on already, is the kind of leader that will not resource the team in order for the team to become successful, in order for the team to become powerful. A great leader understands that their role is to identify the strengths in the team, position people in the right roles, help them to get trained and equipped, load them up with encouragement, provide a context for them to use their skills and abilities, then put wind in their sail with resources, energy, encouragement, and give them a great big push in the back like a parent does with a child learning to ride a bike, and then... After all of that, when the team member achieves success and gets great results for the organisation, predominantly as a result of the role that the leader played, the very best leaders stand back and applaud as if the team member did it all off their own back. That's what we're talking about when we talk about empowering leaders. It is what it sounds like, the kind of leader that is unafraid, secure enough, confident enough, Capable enough to give power away. Now, to many people listening to this podcast, you're going to hear these words, and this is going to sound so counterintuitive to everything you've experienced and maybe even everything you've been taught to do and trained in. I want to give you confidence in going a different direction and choosing a different path with your leadership style and what you observe in other leaders around about you. I'm certainly not suggesting that you go out and write critiques for the leaders in your world at work and in other community places. But what I am saying is watch, pay attention, find out who are the leaders, observe them in other organizations, look at them in other businesses, in places in government, if you can find them, great sporting administrators, leaders in culture, find these leaders and observe what makes them different to the controllers and the disempowers, I am pretty sure you could bank on the fact that what they do best is that they don't seek to control, they seek to release, and they seek to empower. Imagine it like this. Not everybody can be the star at the front of a massive global band or music performance team. It sounds like a great idea, and many of us have dreamed of being the front man or the front lady of an incredible band touring the world but very few people get to be the star of the show. There's another role in the organization that's not focused on being the star of the show because that role is a person who's offstage, hidden away from the lights, and this person is who we would call the star maker. This is the person who's got the ability with their eye to see that a certain someone has got a certain something and they're going to go out of their way to give them a runway to make sure they can fulfill all of their potential. They're the kind of leaders we want to follow. They're the kind of leaders we should be emulating. They're the kind of leaders we should be aspiring to be releasing and empowering. So let's draw this first episode to a bit of a summary close and understand what it is we're trying to achieve in this first season of APG Talks under our subject of leadership in a failing organization. Over a period of four episodes, we're unpacking 12 different ways in which leaders directly impact the success or the failure of an organisation. We're unpacking them for the sake of observance, for learning, to apply them to our own leadership context if we have one, and certainly to observe what's going on in the organisations that we might be part of. And so tonight we've covered three. Incompetence, leadership incompetence, just simply the leader is not capable of the task. Number two. Season mismatch. The person might be a great leader in a different chapter in a different organisation, but in the current chapter of the current organisation, they're the wrong type of leader. And number three, the most sinister of our list in this episode, the leader who is controlling and disempowering. You want to be as far away from that kind of leader as you can possibly manage to the best of your ability and go after that worthy goal of pursuing team membership where leaders and their leaders under them know how to release and empower. When we get into episode two, in about a week's time, we're going to go into three more ways that leaders can contribute to the success or failure of an organisation. I'm going to talk about the subject of kings versus fathers. I'm going to talk about the subject of relationally manipulative leaders, and I'm going to talk about the drift to narcissism. I'm so glad you tuned in today, whether you're listening on the podcast or watching on the YouTube channel or picking up some of these clips on the socials. So glad you tuned in. Share it with a friend. We're going to be back again with the next episode. Speak soon.
0: You have been listening to The Healthy Leadership Mentor with Andrew Gray. This episode was proudly sponsored by APG Elite, home of world-class mentoring, management and consulting. Find out how APG Elite can help transform your organisation by visiting apgelite.com.au or if you would like to subscribe to Andrew's weekly newsletter, you can do that by visiting andrew-grey.ck.page. For all other links, including Instagram and TikTok, see the show notes. Until next episode, thanks for tuning in.